on Friday night in Autzen, it was discovered that Washington's Pac-12 title game uh, opponent would be the Oregon Ducks. Uh, they beat the Beavs in Corvallis. Uh, Washington hung on uh, remarkably to finish the first undefeated regular season in Pac-12 history. You know, the uh, you know 10 or 12 short years that we've actually had a 12-team conference. Uh, so big deal for them. Other games were played. You know, we'll talk about those as well. Uh, on this week's Eligible Receivers, he's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick this week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And the Pac-12 last week of the regular season started off on Friday night in Austin. We had the as-yet-still-ranked Oregon State Beavers uh, traveling to Oregon for, I think, I don't, have they announced, they've announced like intentions to try and continue the Civil War, but I haven't seen if they ever finalized that yet. But anyway, so potentially the last Civil War game for uh, for a while. Uh, and this one was all ducks, really. I mean, uh, ends up being a pretty comfortable game um, for Oregon. They pop out to a two-touchdown lead. Oregon State got one back, and then it was just Oregon. They scored all the rest of the points in the game. So 31-7. to Ducks win like they've been winning most of this season, right? Like kind of non-contest outside of the Washington game and the Texas Tech game. Yeah, weird game for Oregon State, right? Uh, rumor starting to spread before the game that Jonathan Smith uh, is on the short list for the Michigan State job and may or may not be like leaning towards taking it. He's asked about it by John Canzano. Does not in any way, shape, or form deny the – I don't know. Did you see that? Did you or hear what his his answer to that question was? Was that the one when he was talking about his his agent better be looking for jobs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked that actually. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't dislike it, but it's not what you want to hear if you're the Oregon State fan base uh, or uh, athletic director. You want to be like, hey, let's let's you know, the, like two days before our rivalry game, let's like let's keep that under wraps. You know, let's just. Let's just say what we're supposed to say, yeah. lie a little bit, like just do the lying thing because nobody cares. And uh, and then we can, you know, we can talk about your contract extension, sure. Like we obviously need to. But um, but it didn't appear that uh, it was a big secret that he was going to Michigan State by the time that game started. So uh, Oregon, which probably didn't need the help to beat Oregon State, got, got a pretty lackadaisical Oregon State team who knew their coach was leaving and uh, Oregon whooped their ass. Yeah, I've yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, in terms of the game, I'm not like super interested in it. I did uh, see some video of Jonathan Smith arriving at Michigan State. Uh, you know, like the shot where he gets off the private jet and then he comes in. Uh, uh, you know, and the athletic director and he's there with his wife and his kids. And I'm thinking about this. Uh, he he looks like he has a daughter that's kind of like middle school, junior highish age. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like, I wonder, like, that's got to be so fucking weird for the kids, you know? Cause like, oh, I, yeah. they're like, I guess we live in East Lansing now. And then I'm, they like get off the thing. And then here's some guy who's coming up and giving me a hug. This is dad's new boss. I've, you know, I'm old enough. I understand this. Is, this is a financial windfall for us. I'm <laughs> even at this young age, I can understand this is huge for me. <laughs> I'm never going to have a job. Yeah. That's fine. yeah. I'm not going to have to work unless I want to work, you know? So like, that's yeah. awesome. 
But then like, and then like, so the, the, in order of like, from the kid's perspective, they get off the plane, hug from the athletic director, high five and fist pound with Sparty, the mascot. He's there. Sure. And then they walk from the plane into like the little, you know, building that's like, you know, the, like the little private airplane airport, uh, uh, uh through a corridor lined by, uh, Michigan state Spartan cheerleaders who are yep. like, you know, doing the fight song, doing like the little dance with it as they're walking by. Cool. And I'm wondering as like Jonathan Smith, if at some point later, I, I would feel the need to, as a father, to like take my daughter aside later in the day and be like, I just want you to know that I know that this is fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. This it's... is a this is a weird line of work I'm in. It's awesome for us. We have like so much money. It's a huge. When I was a kid... You used to have to be good at football to make this kind of money playing football. And even those guys didn't get paid like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird, he's, he has done everything possible to like alienate his school since he left, which is so weird. Cause the guy went to Oregon state and was a hero for Oregon state and won, you know, won the Fiesta bowl over Notre Dame and like, you know, went back and coached them, brought them back from a terrible place where they were. And I mean, it's, it's just as like the conference realignment thing just like broke him. Um, I think so too. Yeah. And, and he just like, he just was like, fuck this, I'm out. And he I just think time's going to heal that though. Because like, I mean, you, you remember how bad they were when he got there. Yeah. But that's why I don't understand why you don't do the day, you know, like you don't do the denial, you know, like, oh no, I, I'm not talking to anybody. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's my agent maybe, but you don't say that. You just, you just say, I haven't talked to anybody. Get through the rivalry game. I mean, there's no way Michigan State, for what they're paying him, wasn't going to be cool. Like, all right, we'll wait 48 hours. And then he could, you know, and then he could do the, the exit correctly. It just seems so weird that he did it like that. And then he has given subsequent interviews where they were like, how long did you know you were going to leave? And he's like, it's been a while. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I saw I saw that too. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think, you know, as time passes, he's got enough equity with that place, both as a player and a coach who brought them back from the absolute dead uh, prior to this thing, uh, prior to the conference realignment that, you know, he'll, he'll give an interview, you know, a decade down the line and say, listen, I miss, I mishandled that thing. I, and, you know, spin it like, listen, I'm not, I wasn't savvy enough to lie about it when I was asked about it. So I kind of, you know, you, you know, was kind of, showed everybody my cards kind of as it was happening. I wish going back that I had kind of kept it tight and to kind of give our players the, you know, the best shot to kind of like keep the illusion going that, you know, give ourselves the best shot to win our next game. And that I feel bad about, but obviously I have, you know, great respect for and love for Oregon state. It's a huge part of my life. And uh, I think at the end of the day, the good outweighs the bad. That's yeah. Maybe he's playing that level of chess where he's like, it's already setting up his comeback 10 years from now. Not well, that's what, I, I don't even saying as like, like coming back come to the back, school. Yeah. I just mean like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Not come back to coach. Just come back to like the, the fold. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is, that is amazing too. And, and I, like uh, your point on his family is well taken because his daughter, like think of how little, like how little sense that makes. Right. Where it's like you get pulled out in like basically the middle of the night and flown to East Lansing and you're like, yeah, we live here now, uh, but like, can we go back to our other school? No, no, we we like literally cannot step foot back in there right now. Like, that is a no go. That is, we're not we're not allowed to go back to Corvallis. Uh, in a couple of weeks, mom will go back by herself, 
um, <laughs> with a security detail and get all of our things. Um, yeah. But no, we, we are never going back there <laughs> until, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, We're not, it's, the, friends, it's too hot like, right now. Yeah, all it's, your friends, just take that just take that cell phone of yours and throw it in the garbage. That's not your number anymore. We're getting you a new one. You're going to have new friends starting on Monday at your new school, which you're going to just be immediately transferring into in the middle of the year, right before Christmas break. It's weird, but that's what it is. Like, what a weird, like, that is such a weird, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but what a weird existence for those poor kids to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't, I can't call, you know, like. I can't go to Mia's house this weekend. No, 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 no. In fact, oh. her, we actually got a protection order against her father. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is not her, happy. Yeah. Her, her dad posted your phone number on the internet. Yeah. We, that's why I had to take your phone away and throw it in the garbage can. Because like that is gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They live like a, like a, you know, like Jason Bourne type characters, you know what I mean? It's like that that, that life is over. Yeah. You burn yeah. everything. Yeah. Up into and including the point where he's like handing her a, a, a tote bag full of money and being like, but see, look at, <laughs> I have, I have for you here, $10,000 in 12 different currencies. We don't even need it. Like we live in East Lansing. You only need the American one. But part of the contract was that we got it in nine other currencies as well. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, really, I wonder if there's like a community of like the children of these, like, you know, like the top 30 or so coaches who are making, you know, you know, between like five and ten million dollars a year, how they're like, well, here's, you know, like they get together on like, you know, chats or something like that. And they're like, what I've found is if you pretend like you're really broken up about this, you're really going to get whatever you want. Like, <laughs> like we're yeah. talking like horses. Like, There's a lot of coping that's going yeah. on and a lot of making up for, for they these. they are gonna sort of feel bad about this and they have the, the me the easiest way for them to address it is plentifully available to them in terms of just pure cash. Yeah. Oh, what a weird what a weird deal. But yeah, I mean to get back to the point, uh, the Oregon State got <laughs> jacked up by Oregon on Friday night, and then Smith left, and he and his family live in East Lansing now and are just. Uh, recruiting their ass off. They lost. Uh, I saw Michigan State lost a quarterback that's from like Oregon. Yeah, that went to Michigan State and was like, Jonathan Smith was super disrespectful to me in my recruitment. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they lost their their other guy left also the Noah Kim guy who was playing for them. They're like, screw it. Okay, they all playing. sucked anyway. If I'm Jonathan Smith, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I didn't recruit you to Oregon State. What yeah. does that tell you about what I think about your prospects are yeah. as a quarterback? So, I mean, your coach got up to some stuff, but there was a the major reason he was fired was yeah. on field performance. Yeah, yeah, and like, he thought you were legit. I didn't even want you at Oregon State. Get lost. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring my guy Chills or whatever Chillis, yeah. who's uh, the freshman. I'll bring him in. You uh, couldn't get on the field for a team that sucked. Yeah, <laughs> really sucked. They were yeah. terrible this year. Enjoy uh, the FCS, brother. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, how about Utah and Colorado? You know what? I was coming back from uh, uh, we did Thanksgiving uh, in Sancadia, so I was like driving back, and I'm realizing as I look at these scores from this last week, didn't really watch any of these games outside of the Washington game. So I'm surprised to thought. see that this was a close game. Yeah, well, I, I, my thought on this game is we don't really need to talk about it. Utah won in a Utah way. Colorado, uh, you know, they kept it within six. The line was 22. Good for them. I've been watching this week. 
as most of their incoming recruits decommit for one reason or another. Yeah. So way to go, Dion. You're, you know, you, you, you came out, set the world afire, certainly made, made plenty of money for your university. I can't think that they would in any way, shape or form regret having brought him in, but they're the end of their season was rough. Abysmal, dude. I mean, they were one and eight in conference last year. They were one and eight in conference this year. It was obviously better. I think that, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like to, I mean, their, their lines were so bad that they, even if they don't get like the degree of player that they were hoping to get in the portal, that, uh, and that re- remains to be seen, right? Because I think like, uh, you know, as we kind of get away from these results, we can kind of focus on the beginning and who's going to sell themselves better than Deion Sanders to potential recruits. Uh, the, the lines have to improve. They do. The guys who were decommitting were not linemen. So maybe he's focused on those guys. Maybe he doesn't care. They lost like a cornerback, a, a quarterback, and a running back. So, you know, those are all positions where they seem to have okay players. They definitely need to hit the portal hard. For yeah, lines. and in terms <laughs> of the things that like would really matter to your top line receiver, I think that this last couple weeks I've been seeing like the first kind of wave of that I can recall of like national commercials with current college football athletes. And it's like uh, Penix is in one with Bo Nix and uh, Blake Corum and the other guy is Travis Hunter. And then there's like a, a Shadur and Shiloh Sanders ad for Google. Sure. <laughs> like, hey, searching on the Internet? Try Google. <laughs> You're like, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. It's I just mean, that can... easy. Yeah. <laughs> So, so like if you're, uh, they are, uh, the only other players I've seen in these national ads are players on like uh, overwhelmingly winning teams, like at least on the fringes of a college football playoff, you know, conversation, uh, and, uh, Colorado. So there you go. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I don't think anything about his first year could be chalked up as a negative other than they just, they just lost their last like eight games in a row. Yeah. Um, but other than that, from a cash perspective, university is in a way better position. Their donations are way up They're, uh, You know, obviously they're, you know, national presence is through the roof. I yeah. will. I am definitely interested to see how the portal goes, because I think we are about to experience the most wild, wild offseason of portal because you, you're you're taking this combination of realignment with within college football and the portal. I, I think, you know, like Colorado's going to the big 12. That's, you know, that's the third best conference for sure. Um, it's, you know, so that they won't be, um, they're not at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, in terms of preference and priority. But I think you're going to see like the university of Washington and the university of Oregon and the LA schools are just going to feast on the rosters of these big 12 schools and any G five school that has a player who's good. I mean, they're just going to take their entire recruiting uh, platform and just push it into like, Oh, you know, like you're a legitimate D lineman at a, you know, at a big 12 school. Cool. You want to come play in the big 10? Awesome. We've got a spot for you, you know, and, and here's $75,000 or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's going to be wild. I think to watch what happens in the portal in the next couple of months and Colorado is like, okay, like positioned again, they're, they're going to the big 12. That's, they've got a seat at the table, the big, you know, the, with the, 
going to 12 team playoff. Yeah. The Big 12 will get one or two teams in for sure. Probably two teams in for sure. Um, you know, if, if they play well, well. especially, yeah, just cause a lot of these sec and big 10 teams are going to cannibalize each other. I don't think it's going to matter, dude. I think you're going to, they're going to go get four each. You're yeah, I get, think so too. They're going to get four each. You're going to get four, four of each. There's going to be four spots left. One or two of them is going to go to the G five and one or two of them is going to go to the, the, the big 12 or, you know, like whatever the four. I think that's right. Actually. I like that. Get, that makes a lot of sense. Divided up between the G five and the big, and the big 12. And then that's just going to be that. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. I think this, like as much fun as this season has been for university of Washington fans, like if, if the trajectory continues, Kalen DeBoer gets signed to a long-term deal, you know, the stability, I mean, you got to keep in mind, basically Kalen DeBoer is doing this like with like, you know, duct tape and spit right now. Like he, I mean, he brought in Penix, but like everybody else is just like pretty much the roster that was already here. Like Washington has not really gone all in on the portal and figured that all out. Yeah, um, well, I think from what I've been reading is that we've tried to take the line that, like, what, we have no problem paying players, but we want to pay players for what they do here. You know, like, if they perform well here, we want to make sure they get compensated. And that's just not what the game's going to be like going forward. Like, I've seen Brock Heward talking do. about Cam Ward uh, yeah. saying that, you know, he's going to get, you know, between $1 and $2 million and has, like, a dozen schools lining up to get him, including Oregon and Washington. Uh, saw Matt Rule make a comment today that like a you know legit starting quarterback in the portal is going for exactly what that rate is one to two million dollars. Uh, that's what you got to be kind of prepared to hand out, and that's what it'll be interesting to see. You know how how that market evolves, whether or not it just kind of keeps going up, or whether or not you know at some point people say, uh, you know, what the fuck, you know, let's just try and develop somebody. <laughs> It's going to keep going up, man, for the foreseeable future because the money at stake is still. I mean, as you've you've alluded to, you think like how long is this sustainable? And I, you know, we I don't know, but the the interest in college football is at an all time high. The money in and around the sport is at an all time high. There's a class action lawsuit working its way through the court system now that could potentially uh, force schools to compensate players like effectively as employees. Um, it's just for the next five or six years, I think it's going to be absolutely wild. Um, what everybody's doing and let like a guy like Cam Ward is just going to write his own ticket. And I, and I don't think, for example, like WSU is certainly hurting because of their position where they are in realignment. Yeah. But I, I mean, if you think that like Noah Fafita at Arizona, isn't going to absolutely hold court with major players you know, like he he's going to make himself two million dollars this offseason because he came in behind Jaden Delora. He sat for a year. He, every, you know, everyone said the guy's great. He just came in and led Arizona on a seven game winning streak. They finished eight and three by themselves in third place in the conference. I mean, if Arizona doesn't absolutely back up a dump truck full of money for that guy, I mean, Washington and Oregon, either one of them would probably take him. USC has to replace Caleb Williams. UCLA is is you know like is dante morgan to stay or you know i mean like it it's it's going to be insane to watch this happen um and i'm here for it it's going to be a great it's going to be a lot of fun i think this offseason yeah it's going to be absolutely absolutely well i mean i think even like Jaden delora has got like at least a, a track record of success and he can spin it like listen i lost my job due to injury oh i think i think so i mean he's already used his free transfer so he'd have to have a grad he'd have to be a grad transfer 
Um, to, to not go have somewhere. to wait. Yeah. I, see, I don't know if he's going to be enough. I don't know if he's going to be the type of guy that's going to command money or not, though. I mean, like, he might be a guy like Oklahoma State or something might be like, yeah, dude, you can come play here. You'll probably start. But I well, just that, don't know. that seems to me to be like one of the next lawsuits because, like, why, why can I only transfer once before having to sit out? Yeah, who knows? Why can't knows? I switch I every year? Like, who cares? I haven't, heard, like, I haven't heard of that lawsuit working its way through the system, but yeah, I mean, it, it is a completely arbitrary. If rule, you're like so. DJU and you came from Clemson to Oregon State and then you have a decent year at Oregon State and then your coach leaves and you're getting realigned out of big time football. What, but I can't go anywhere else now. I got to stay here for what? Yeah. No, I agree with you. I just, well, I, we'll see if that's the next thing. It right. makes sense that it would be. But uh, speaking of Noah Fafita, the Arizona Wildcats, uh, they entered Friday with a chance to play in the Pac 12 title game, but Oregon snuffed that out by taking care of the Beavers. Still, Arizona has their territorial cup solo second uh, in the Pac 12. Uh, and they. Third, right? Third. Uh, solo third, excuse me, yeah, solo third, uh, and they hammer the Sun Devils, fifty nine to twenty three. Uh, you know the, the kind of the ob- the obvious stories of the season are Washington undefeated, Oregon looking awesome against everybody except for Washington. The and like I've been saying, the the third a huge Pac twelve story this year and the last year of the conference was uh, Arizona's ascension to like a legitimate good football team. They're good, dude. It's gonna be interesting to see if Jed Fish stays in this offseason. There's some big jobs open that he might get some get some looks at. Do you think? I feel like as am I being naive? I feel like the carousel's kind of run largely. Um, with Texas A and M being full, I think Mississippi State hired. Oh, Levy, yeah, yeah. So they brought in some. Yeah, you're uh, right. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's Arkansas sticking with their guy. I mean, I think I've seen Grub uh, connected with Indiana. Yeah, and and Jed and Fish isn't gonna go leave Arizona for Indiana. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, um, like, you don't need it. Like so, in terms of like speak. the huge jobs that are unless like somebody gets the axe. I mean that that kind of would have happened by Sunday because everybody else is still kind of in contention. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So so really, it's just gonna be if he if he's got the if he's given the resources or the you know their alumni association steps steps up with the resources to keep his roster intact and if he can keep that momentum going into the Big Twelve, they should be at or near the top of the favorites you know, in that league next year. Um, Certainly. You know, along with Utah, uh, they should be sitting fairly pretty um, to do well. So, yeah, great great end of the year for Arizona. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the offseason holds for them. Let's see what else. Let's get through this. We can talk about this Pac-12 championship game. Notre Dame kicked the shit out of Stanford. Are we surprised about that? I'm not. Not at all. I don't need to hear anything about it, except for Notre Dame is rumored to get Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, who entered the portal. That's the most Duke thing you can do is go to Notre Dame. Um, And then UCLA got the absolute shit kicked out of them by Cal. That was fun. Um, I watched the end of that one. It was the last Pac-12 regular season game ever, and it was uh, just good, nonsense, late Pac-12 game. You know, California fighting for their bowl eligibility, fighting for their lives. Got it. They got it. And they got it. And they got it going away at UCLA in front of like a 53% full Rose Bowl uh, Chip Kelly looking like shit. Yeah, I saw something bizarre today. Somebody was flying a banner over Westwood that said keep Chip, essentially. Well, they already decided to keep him, so like that's a waste of time and money. Um, they shouldn't keep him. They should get rid of him. But I've, I saw earlier this week they already decided that he's going to stay. So. Yeah. So Cal's going to be cashing those UCLA checks next year, maybe, uh, in the ACC. That's like... 
I mean, ours is weird. Like the our, if you look at like the map of like the Big Ten schools, you're like, what the? F- why are these West Coast schools there? Yeah, like, it's dumb. It's very dumb. But even dumber is the ACC map. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, it's it's all it's all fucking stupid. It's also dumb. It's also temporary. I feel like it's for sure. Five years from now, the TV execs are going to be like, yeah, we screwed up, and we're going to break <laughs> everybody back up into their respective conferences, and you know that'll be that. Um, but yeah, for now it's just, it's just crazy and dumb. Um, so yeah, uh, Jaden, not, you know, uh, I haven't seen anything about him going to the portal yet. No, well, maybe he wants to play ACC ball. You never know. Um, all right, let's talk about what we want to talk about, which is, well, briefly, at least the apple cup. How was that? That was a terrible game. I didn't enjoy it. Did you enjoy it? Uh, no, I mean, it was miserable. Um, it, uh, the offense kind of looked, you know, I kind of, you know, the, the tough part about the game is watching it and having the realization that like, uh, oh, you know, where I was kind of able to make excuses for the offense for a little while after the Oregon game. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, maybe they're just bad now. Uh, Dylan Johnson looks like he can barely walk. Um, Jalen Polk for the second week in a row cannot Can't catch. catch. That sucks. That's, that's a real that's bummer. terrible for us. Because what when he can catch, that's great. And that's what his thing is: is that he doesn't drop the ball. Yeah. So when he drops the ball, you're like, well, that's you know, that's this guy's got the absolute yips right now. I mean, if you're looking for positives for Washington, they won. That's uh, good. That they were it did, not really in any impactful way, but we kind of saw more of Jalen McMillan. Like, they tried to get the ball in his hands early and get him going, but he was, like, he looked bouncy and he was moving around. And so, like, I could see him taking another step forward in this upcoming week. Uh, and then there's just, nothing, there's just nothing from the game and from his participation to give you the thought, like, the feeling, like, good vibes, right? Like, they ran, like, basically, like, four screens for him. Yeah. Which, meant, which to me was, like, can he not run down the field and cut? Like, can he not run – can he not run – routes like he doesn't feel good like putting his foot in the ground and so you're going to run these like screens where he can like you know take a step backwards catch the ball and then run forward until he gets tackled but that you know that doesn't stress him out like it just it's you just like and I don't know if that's true I would doubt it because it seems odd like you do have to cut anyways but it just seems weird where it's like wh- like why can't you just put him back in and have him run routes where he gets wide open like you used to do like because that used to be what you did is that you'd run, you know, him and and Odunze and Polk, and either one of them was wide open, or the defense devoted eight guys to covering those three, and that meant that Jack Westover had nobody on him, and you could just give him the ball, and you know what I mean? Like, the, you're we're so used to for so long seeing the offense like scheme guys open or whatever, and then now there's just none of it. Like, there's just absolutely none of that. Our entire passing game for most of the last month has been like, well. Romo Dunze is better than any other college, you know, any college cornerback that exists. Yeah. And so if we just run him down the sidelines and Penix just either a puts the ball up at a certain point where Rome could go get it or B does that sort of like back shoulder fade thing where Rome can go get it. That's going to work. And it like magically has worked over and over and over again. Yeah. It's just not exactly like it is in no way, shape or form. Um, uh, indicative of the offense that we saw against Michigan state or, you know, like Boise state where again, you just like they're scheming guys open and Penix is hitting them in stride. Like yeah. none of that is happening right now. 
Yeah, it's it's bizarre, and you wonder like uh, with in like college football. I think a lot of times it takes uh, uh, that the narrative's always a, a, a handful of weeks behind reality, uh, and if it might like behoove Grub to kind of get while the getting's good, because like he, you know, on the virtue of having such a great passing offense last year. Still a good statistically passing offense on the season as a whole, but the first half of the season is carrying a lot of that water at this point. Like being, th- you know, turning down Alabama uh, to be their OC. Like he's got the rep. You wonder if other teams have fucking figured out what we're doing uh, and have figured out how to stop it. Uh, and then what combination potential, you know, injuries have had to this. Cause like there's some thought that like Penix got cracked in the Oregon game and has been nursing ribs. I know that that's like something that a lot of Oregon fans are pushing, but I, you know, I watched him play that game. He did get cracked in that game and came up looking like he was hurt and the play has been different since then. Yeah, I think it's probably that. I mean, honestly, because, because I, I was, I was wondering the same thing you were, which is like, has the other teams figured him out? And they like, they really haven't because most teams are not getting to him with any regularity You'd think if, if someone figured it out, it would be there would be a game where somebody brought the house with like some form of regularity, got him off of his spot, and and the light bulb went off on a defensive side, which is like, oh, if you get him off his spot, he you know, he doesn't look, he just he just wings it downfield or whatever. And he's not doing that. Like he's missing guys where he's sitting back in a pocket and he's protected, and he's just like he's doing this like weird little like he plants his back foot, but then he sort of like fades away as he throws the ball. It's almost like his momentum is carrying him back, which to me suggests that he's protecting himself as he's throwing it. And it and it sort of lends itself to airmailing his receiver, which he's doing a lot of. Yeah, he's certainly um, a lot less accurate than he used to be. So I wonder if it's that. Uh, you know, I think the injury scenario is is certainly more likely than the defenses having figured him out. Because, again, in like in the Oregon State game, he didn't really get sacked. In the Apple Cup, he didn't really get sacked. There's just not like a, a game where you can say, "Oh, look, that defense got to him." He just he just has been jittery since that game, and and so I don't know. It it it. But I think I'm with you. Like it's it's not a coincidence anymore. There wasn't bad weather. Uh, the whole team didn't have the flu. Like whatever the yeah, whatever, whatever it was for three weeks. Weekly excuse <laughs> or one after the other is like no, none of those things were true. It was a beautiful night. The Cougs aren't that good. Like, you know, that should have been that game should have been over at halftime, you know, like and and we should have seen the offense firing on all those cylinders the way that it was. And it just wasn't. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, here's a couple of other things I want to talk about this game. End of the first half. Uh, where we have the ball uh, with like a minute 30 left or something like that. And we've got yep. like a, a third and short and we like to call a timeout. Yep. Uh, then we get a penalty on the next play, and then all of a sudden we've got third and long. Don't convert. Give the ball back to WSU. WSU drives it on down, and then but WSU is out of timeouts. They're on a third and nineteen. Yep. 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 At our twenty-five, and then we've got our corner uh, electing to assuming because he was coached to do this, get up and press coverage with nobody over the top of him. Where like if you run the umbrella. They can't go down in bounds because the half's over. Yeah, yeah. Like they, you, I mean, do the, you, you allow they, them to do the one thing that can't happen, which is get behind you. It is stunning they won that game, dude. They it played is, dude. terrible. Like, I, they they played terrible. They they committed penalties all over the place. There was bad, which has been decisions. a thing all year. Like, 
even even if you look at the last if you look at the last sequence of events that got Washington the win objectively that fourth and one call is a bad like that is bad strategy like you cannot you cannot take a perfect season and a potential playoff berth and all of that and and put yourself in a play calling position where if you don't convert a fourth down you it's all over you like you literally gave just like Oregon did to Washington last year yeah give them the ball in field goal range to win the game and send you home like you can't you can't do that and now okay they called the greatest play in the history of the University of Washington football program I believe that I believe that to be true there's yeah. no there's never been a more impactful play in the history of of Washington football, than it's a that. short list. If there are, you know, yeah, I mean, games that won Rose Bowls, maybe, but I mean, yeah. it's like that's it, um, because that fourth down play to Odunze was magic. I mean, I was in the stands; he was running, Odunze was running towards me, basically. So I was in the north end of the north end, um, north side of the field, and so like, and I was up high enough, you know, just to, to be able to see when Penix pitched him the ball. I was just like, there's nobody there. Like, you know, like they they don't have a defender on that side of the field right now. Like, yeah. let alone near Odunze. Like, it might not even have mattered, mattered if they did because Odunze is so big and fast. Like, he could have just, like, you know, beat someone to the corner like he's running into a pylon kind of thing and gotten the first down. It was like, no, no, no. They they don't have it. Like, there's nobody on that side of the hash marks. Um, and so it was an incredible play. But even then, the next play they got bailed out on a on a you know a pretty bad roughing the passer call. Yeah, and then and then the sequence of events that led to the field goal was just a bomb, like abysmal. Like Penix th- tried to throw the back shoulder fade to Odunze, but put it way inside. Yeah, Odunze made the best defensive play of the year for UW, yeah. knocking that ball away. Uh, Penix, the only pass that I remember in the entire game that he threw over the middle was a, just an absolute duck that he floated over the middle that Colson almost picked off, you know, in the end zone. Yep. Like that was nuts. And then Penix took a 10 yard sack to, to take what was a chip shot and make it a 44 yarder, 42 yarder. Yeah. Like you had a 30, you had a 30 yard bunny and, and you took a 10 yard, like it was just like, I, like walking out of the stadium, I was just like shaking. I was like, what on earth? Like we, we got this sequence of events, this great, the greatest conversion on fourth down we've ever had. Then we get a very fortunate 15-yard penalty that basically just gifted us field goal range. And then the sequence of events from there, we still tried to lose it. Yeah. And just couldn't, we just couldn't lose. Like, we just can't, like, kick we the field goal. That's, that's <laughs> our secret, our power is that we cannot lose. It's unbelievable. Like, I, you, like, and so now, like, what do you think? Like, so let's, you know, we can pivot because it's, it's talking about the same team. Like, University of Washington is going to play Oregon Friday night in Vegas. They're 10-point underdogs, and, and, like, I have no idea what to think. Like, I mean, I think they're, I think they're legitimate underdogs. I mean, Oregon – Oh, uh, easily, the, easily yeah. underdogs, yeah. The, uh, the argument, you know, for Oregon is that they are, you know, since Texas Tech uh, and outside of the Washington game, they're kicking the shit out of everybody, and it's not like they played bad against Washington, whereas no. Washington's been kind of scraping by week after week, relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, 
and you know Oregon uh you know they I mean they look like uh you know I mean they they were really kind of undone by the fact that like I don't know how far in advance they scheduled Texas Tech it's certainly reasonable to expect that Texas Tech is going to suck um but you know like that they're not like a guaranteed ranked team but uh, you know but you know they really just didn't they kind of maybe got unlucky with the way the schedule fell this year because they missed Arizona in a year they probably needed them to boost their resume. But really, they've been playing so well against everybody that it it hasn't mattered in the eyes of the committee, which is kind of surprising that, uh, you know, not to get too into the CFB stuff, but, you know, I saw a lot of Texas fans being like, wait, how, how come Oregon's automatically better than us? We beat Alabama in Alabama. And we have a common opponent with Oregon. They beat him by a touchdown. We beat him by fifty. Yeah. Like no, why I, is that I, so much? But I, I mean, but also like a, I kind of agree with them that Oregon's probably just the better team. I, I think there's a separate conversation there. I, I think Oregon, there's like a really good chance Oregon, if it wins the Pac-12 game on Friday, could get left out. And 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 nobody is considering that right now. But I. I just think like if, if the chips fall in a certain way now, look, they may not like if Georgia wins and, and is undefeated and Michigan wins and is undefeated and Florida state loses and has a loss, you know, you've got those two schools with Georgia and Michigan are in, and then you've got two more spots for teams that have one loss, which means, you know, um, you know, but like Texas so, will be a conference champion. Texas will be a conference champion. They'll be in Alabama will have two losses at that point. They'll be out. So it really, it'll just come down to like Oregon and Florida state. Right. And, and Oregon has as much or more of an argument to get in than Florida state, Florida state's quarterback is hurt. I think if that, if that's the sequence of events, the way the cards fall, you know, you, you're really, you're, you're the only real argument then becomes Oregon or Washington as two one loss teams and Oregon having just beat Washington We'll we'll get in on that on that basis. So I think yeah, I think especially it, if it's more uh, uh, emphatic yeah, more, than Washington's yeah. win over Oregon was. Yeah, and so and so I, I think there's there's certainly a path, right? But if things break the way they may, where you end up in a situation where it does come down to a one loss Oregon team, a one loss Texas team, and a one loss Alabama team for you know two two or three spots and i mean and a one loss georgia team is all of a sudden yeah. a competitor a with loss, oregon exactly you, you like you put yourself in a position then where my default when it comes to college football anything is money right yeah what is what is the committee like the committee is pushed by money and who on earth is going to object on oregon's behalf if the committee screws the pac-12 soon to be dead conference out of a pack out of a playoff berth yeah i mean i i think there's zero way that if alabama beats georgia there's no way they're not in yeah 100 percent. and georgia's in and then you've got florida state and texas and, and it's just like they're gonna run out of spots and even if oregon is the more deserving team it's only going to be more deserving in the in the sense of the eye test because they, their resume will will not be better than any of the teams that they're being measured against. It's just going to be obvious to everyone that they're better and should be in. But then I, I don't even think that matters because I, I just, again, I just pivot back to money. You think that committee wants to go tell the SEC commissioner or even the big 12 commissioner, like those are viable conferences that have teams like, you know, like they have to live with them next year and the year after and the year after. 
and they have to deal with those teams in the future. Yeah. They don't have to <laughs> like, deal with. Could... They don't have to deal with the Pac-12. Like George Klavkov's not going to be there. Like yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. That's what I was just thinking about is being like the the Boo Kerrigan or however you say his name, being like I I just couldn't stomach the thought of calling up George Klavkov and giving him bad news. Yeah, I mean like nobody's gonna. They don't have like the Pac-12 does not have an advocate, and there's no consequence to screwing over a Pac-12 team this year. Um, there, there just isn't. And and what are who people did Jen say? Cohen get replaced by? She was on that this year before yeah, she left. Yeah, she, she got. I don't know who she got replaced by, but I'm just like, what are they going to say? They're going to say like, well, this would never have happened to us if we were in the Big Ten. And they're going to be like, well, that's why you're going to the Big Ten. You're probably right. Good luck. You know, like that's all the more reason for you to go. Great um, news, you made the twelve. Bad news, that's next year. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think the only absolute guarantee way that the Pac-12 gets a team in is if Washington wins, because as an undefeated team that's already in the playoff rankings it's you know like there's just that's just a no-brainer like that will the committee's not that dumb that they're not blaming. yeah i mean yeah. I th- there's they're a just, very reasonable world where you you expect georgia and michigan to win you expect yeah. you probably florida states they, i don't know if they're favored or not but i kind of expect them to be at louisville even with yeah. their backup and then like if washington wins then we're done and then you're done you're done right there it's easy but yeah but if if, if florida state wins and Georgia wins and Michigan wins, there's one spot left. And if it comes down to Texas and Oregon, I like, I don't see how Oregon gets, I, like, I just think that the committee's going to think on it and be like, look, if we, if we take Oregon over Texas, then we got to deal with the big 12, like, you know, your mark. And then they're going to the sec next year. We got to deal with that bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, and, and there's nobody to back Oregon. There's nobody to back the pac 12. They're out of there anyways. They're going to the big 10. Big Ten's already got their school in this year. You know, the Michigan team, like, fine. Like, who cares? You know, like, like it, 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 it I don't know. We're not talking about the game. I mean, we're talking about the after the game already, but um, it's it's going to be super fascinating to me. I could see a number of ways in which Oregon could win this game handily and still get bumped on the basis of, well, their resume wasn't quite as good as Texas. But yeah, really. yeah, and it's funny because they wouldn't be like the thing that, that like if you looked at it in a vacuum, you'd be like, well, Texas was just so impressive beating Oklahoma State. Yeah, exactly. Versus yeah, no, uh, Oregon's win it's over It's going to be subtle, subtle corruption, man. Subtle corruption. Yeah. Follow the money. The, these, these, they play for a conference that's going to be viable next year, and you don't. <laughs> like so. Well, basically, I mean, like if they came out and they were like, listen – we were kind of hoping this would sort itself out and we wouldn't have to put our thumb on the scales, but here we are at the end and we yeah. want what we want. Yeah. So we yeah. kind of made it look like we were going one way. We did the little decaroo. We revisited some things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be super interesting to see what happens. Um, I like, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all like, whatever, you know, for everybody, your job is for all these eight teams that are still with an outside chance of making it to this college football playoff. It's job. Number one, win your game. Ohio state is the only one of the, they're out, right? They're the only they're one out. of these they, teams that's not playing. And they're not playing in the conference championship. So they, I don't think there's any path for them. They're out. Washington's in. If they win Florida state's in, if they win Michigan's in, if they win Georgia's in, if they win, um, then Oregon, it, Texas, and Alabama are having a, a grand old argument. A grand old argument. We'll see how it goes. I mean, Oregon is probably the best team in terms of how they look. I don't know, man. I, but this, it's hard this to say be, again because they just, they missed everybody. They, they did. missed Arizona is really what it comes down to. I don't know, man. Vegas has been so right on this. Like, Vegas has got the UW, has got UW figured out this year. I bet the UW Oregon game the first time around. You know what happened? 
Did Oregon cover by like a half a point? No, I pushed. It was a straight push. Straight push. UW minus three. Like yeah. they, they like they had it. <laughs> like um, what I what I would say is in terms of talking about the actual game. Well, f- first some outside considerations, but then kind of more focused on the actual game. Is that like narrative wise, uh, we are set up for one of the sweetest Washington wins of all time if they manage to win this game because we beat them once already and from the second the clock hit zeros on that game all we we had like two days of hey heck of a game good job Washington won too quickly that turning into Oregon's better than Washington uh and having that uh drum getting hit steadily and with uh, more vigor uh ever since yeah you know and so uh to get a second win over Oregon uh, would be a glorious, a glorious <laughs> experience. And it's within reason, you know, uh, because I think like from Washington's standpoint, if they just get it out there, well, you know, that one of the sweetest nobody believes in us setups there's ever been, right? We've lost yeah, potentially, to no one. Potentially Washington for the first time in a month is going to be playing with less pressure than its opponent. Yeah. Because um, really, no, you... we've, we've won, we've, we've passed every test that's been put in front of us, including beating this very team that yeah. the, the experts, the so-called experts are so convinced are just going to kill us this time around. You know what I yeah. mean? And then like, oh, and it's just incumbent to Washington to play as a good or underdog needs to play. It's either, Keep it close, right? Like let yeah. uh, let Landing and DeBoer play out. Now, certainly DeBoer hasn't had the best in-game decisions, uh, certainly in the Apple Cup, but uh, he also, in terms of this Oregon-Washington rivalry, is not arguably directly responsible for the two losses that have occurred during his tenure. Whereas yeah. the other coach has been answering a lot of questions after those games. Yeah. Uh, so if like you can just keep it close, and then we know that we're going to win the game at the end and just keep playing the next play. They know what it is to lose. I mean, it's, we have Michael Penix is, uh, on his day, better than Bo Nix. Roma Dunze is better than Roma Dunze is the best player on the field. Better than everybody. Maybe the best player in all of college football. I mean, he's he's amazing. He's so good. We'll never have another guy that's that unworldly dominant. Yeah. I mean, it's like, he's like, uh, uh, I mean, Reggie was that dominant. Yeah, he's just so good. I just he's just uh, yeah. he's so, but like but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Jalen like McMillan, Jalen McMillan running free down the field with no pain in his knee. You need Jalen Polk remembering how to catch, and you need the offense, which I think he's due for. They are due. It's it's look. I think and and I think if there's going to be one outcome from Lanning, it's it's going to be that he will be more conservative in this game than he was in the prior two games because it was his wild, you know, it was his his dumb play calling, for lack of a better term, that cost his team two two games already. But he's I, heard I, about it, yeah. and, and he's a prohibitive favorite, meaning he's going to take points now and be like, well, we're going to beat these guys. Um And that that could keep Washington in it. I, I don't know. And I, 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 think, that, I think that's going to end up being wrong. I think so. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm interested to see, man. I, I don't know. I have for for the better part of two, two weeks been completely and utterly convinced that Washington is going to lose this game by double figures. And I will say like 48 hours ago, I was kind of like, well, 
you know, like maybe they'll just play. Like maybe they'll just like say, screw it. We're just going to play, you know, like go back to winging it all over the place like we were, get the, you know, move the ball around. And Oregon will be the uptight team because everybody has already penciled them in. Um, you know, everybody's is talking about how much they're going to win. They're, they'll be the team that's under more pressure for a change. Like, it's possible. I don't know that I believe that yet, but it's like I've actually considered it in the last 48 hours. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just going to be the sort of thing where, like, you know, you're, you're like any good game, any good heavyweight fight where Washington is, you know, un, an underdog. It's just like, let's get a handhold in this thing. Let's not get it, let it get out of control in the first 15 minutes. And then, you know, just kind of stay within ourselves. Uh, we have we are as explosive as explosive as anybody in the nation on our day offensively. Get you know like get to thirty five points, which has been no easy task for us recently, but like <laughs> let's get there and you know see how it shakes out. I'm with it, man. Let's hope it happens. I hope so too. Where are you, are you watching this at your house? I'm watching this from a suite in the stadium. In oh. Las Vegas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Where are you? When are you flying down there tomorrow? Tomorrow. Well, I, I fly to Reno. Oh yeah, tomorrow. that Reno. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to go to that client site all day tomorrow, and then I'm just gonna basically drive all night to get you know get there at like midnight probably to Vegas, and then just sleep in and get up at about ten or eleven in the morning on Friday and go go to a casino and play some bets and then go to the game. I love it. I love it, man. Well, uh, shoot me a text on Friday morning. Let me know you're okay. Uh, well, Friday morning, I should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm driving through the, from what I can tell, I'm driving through the middle of the desert. So it seems like even if you fall asleep and, and drive off the road, you're just going to get a nice soft sand stop. Then you're going to get yourself back on the road and keep going. Um, that's yeah, what I've got, uh, like, uh, some aliens with like those orange airport pylons kind of like pointing you back towards the road. Yeah. Yeah. Highways back over here, brother. Thanks. <laughs> My fault. So, thanks, fellas. Yep. Thanks, guys. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll text you all day Friday because I'm I'm gonna be uh, you know probably a nervous wreck. I would imagine. I haven't looked to see what my court calendar is like on Friday, but I'm not looking at too much. My wife was like talking to me about like, hey, do you want to go to some Christmas party on Friday night? <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I was, like, I was like polite about it. I was like, no, Washington's playing then, so I'm gonna watch the game. You know, the school you went to. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, if, I mean, it's it's uh, the biggest game. One of the, you know, like a, a top five biggest game of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's crazy. <laughs> so whatever. So basically, we're going to get home. We're going to order some pizza. We're going to get the kids set up with as many tablets as they want in a room, not where the TV is. Yeah. And then. I'm going to, you know, clear some stocking area in front of the television. This is my favorite way to watch a game, actually, uh, alone uh, with room to kind of walk around, react to the plays, you know, like do yeah. the referee's signals for them. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrate. Uh, key, I love that, too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be going to this game, but I'm again, I'm not super optimistic about the outcome. And it's it does it does make you have to sort of like internalize things a little bit more than if you're at home and you can kind of just cut it loose. Oh, yeah. The best. The best. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.